0: Listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, hosted by High Stakes Headhunter, author, and
1: professional speaker Scott Love.
0: You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me today. If you're in the business of getting business as a rainmaker, you know that that's all about one thing: it's about earning trust from our prospects and letting them choose us to help us solve their problems. It doesn't matter what the service is that you're offering. That's the one thing we all have in common. And that's our topic for today. The future of rainmaking is human connection. And our special guest is author Chris Shembra. Now, Chris is the Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Gratitude Through Hard Times and Gratitude in Pasta. USA Today calls him their gratitude guru, and he's a founding member of Rolling Stone Magazine's Culture Council. Now, this is an insightful and very deep conversation that I had with Chris. I hope that it makes a difference for you. I think that the more you grow in the depth of your character, the more you're able to relate with other people, which is what our business of rainmaking is really all about. So I hope you you appreciate this conversation with Chris. Make sure you check him out. I put links to his website and also his LinkedIn profile on the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And if you got time, appreciate a nice five-star review on Apple Podcast, And please mention Chris by name if you get something out of that. I know he'd appreciate that. And I would also. And as always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence, Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Now, here's my conversation with Chris, and I hope you get some great ideas today. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is Chris Shembra. And our topic title is The Future of Rainmaking is Human Connection. Chris, thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Scott, a true pleasure to be here with you all today. And, you know, a big shout out to the Impact 11 community that connected us. I'm just so excited to keep meeting such wonderful people.
0: Yeah, me too. And it was great getting to know you at that conference also. And I think you've got a really interesting background that I want to get into here in a little bit. But I like the fact that your expertise is helping people to have more meaningful connections. And when you talk about what rainmaking is, you've got someone that has a sophisticated service. And they're trying to sell that service to a sophisticated prospect. And they've got to build that trust. And there always has to be some sort of an emotional connection so let me kind of start with this. When we're looking to build connections with other people, what do you think are those variables that are most important that Rainmakers should really focus on?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question, Scott. You know, I, I think just to set the scene, when we talk about human connection in general, I'm talking about the need to connect more deeply to ourselves, mm. the need to connect more deeply to our team. And the need to connect more deeply to our customers. And mm-hmm. so, if you're a rainmaker that's listening to this, and you're leading a a global team of B two B salespeople, or you're running a professional services firm, we really need to satisfy a few different rings of connection. You know, to move our customer relationships, our team relationships, from just merely satisfied to fully engaged. You, yeah. you know, a big a big study was done that showed that only only 22% of global B2B relationships report being engaged and only 13% report being fully engaged. So there's a lot of opportunity in the market to use meaningful moments of human connection to drive future revenue. Yeah,
0: and I bet that really improves the metrics related to retention too, to keeping people with their team
1: also. Our friend Jim Harder, who's the chief scientist of workplace transformation at Gallup, that big Gallup company, that big polling company, he says that low employee engagement leads to low customer engagement. When your employees are quiet quitting, your customers are quiet quitting as well. And most people just talk about one or the other. They say, oh, we've got a customer retention issue. Let's fix that. Or, Hey, we've got an employee retention issue. Let's fix that. But the truth is they go hand in hand. They work in tandem.
0: Mm. So you mentioned connecting more deeply with ourselves, with our team and with our customers. Let's talk about that first one. What does that mean exactly? When you say Mm -hmm. connect more deeply with ourselves?
1: You know, it sounds like a woo-woo thing to say, Scott, but here's the brutal, honest (laughs) truth, especially for Rainmakers. Most of us listening to this podcast are not living authentically in the present moment. Most of us listening to this podcast likely have some pretty awesome, oversized dreams or goals that Mm -hmm. you want to hit in the future. You're life day-to-day is likely spent visioning, dreaming, manifesting, trying to hit some amazing target of growth in the faraway future. That is awesome. That is how you make progress in life. But if all we do on a daily basis is live in the future of some goal we might uncertainly hit, Mm -hmm. we live not in the present. Oftentimes, we measure the distance between where we are and where we want to be 10 years from now, and that creates anxiety and uncertainty. We call it the forward void. Okay. It's this deep chasm of not living in the present, focused too far in the future. Right. And so what we like to do, I mean, if you're listening to this, the odds are you're walking around mindless rushing from task to task. And even when you're in that task, you're dreaming of what emails am I missing? What opportunities am I missing? What am am I not doing to get ahead instead of what I'm doing now? You're not focused on the present. And so we like to teach team leaders, rainmakers especially, the power of presence. Understanding the crucial role of coming into the present to acknowledge your own humanity so that you can use that information to get ahead and connect with others. That's great. Yeah. And so here's an an example of that. On every experience we produce, in any coaching session we deliver, in anything we like to participate in, I like to ask people a simple question. What's one word? that honestly describes how you feel right now in this moment. Mm. Like, Scott, what would that one word be for you? Yeah.
0: For me, I look for contentment. How can I be content? That's kind of my focus, almost a mantra, if you will. How can I live a life full of contentment? You're not pining for something else. You're not yearning for something to be different. I think it's good to have goals where we want to stretch to and where we want to grow, but not saying I'll be happy when Mm -hmm. I get to that other spot. This kind of goes back to your area of expertise, something I've learned on my own. I create these uh, exercises that bring me to gratitude, which helps me to focus on that word of contentment. That's what you're
1: yearning to feel. What do you actually feel right now in this moment?
0: What do I feel? Yeah. I feel contentment. (laughs) I feel... I'm excited to get to know you better because you're an interesting person. And I think you have something that my listeners want. I think you figured out some deep truths that affect people in business, but also in a very personal way. So I'd say right now, it's just wanting excited. to learn. Yeah, and wanting to learn more excited about that. Yeah. So right now, at this point, it's just really excited about learning from you. I love it.
1: So tell me this then. Uh, Oh, go ahead. Did you have another question? No, no. What I'm saying is, if you study the data that we're sitting on, having used this question to spark over 500,000 relationships in the workplace, I can confidently tell you that you are in the minority of people by saying that you feel excited and content. Yeah. The majority of the people that come to our 747 Gratitude Experiences report A starting negative emotion, overwhelmed, nervous, cautious, anxious, disconnected, lonely, sad, tired, lost.
0: And what's interesting is that, especially in the legal industry, there's been a lot of
1: studies on mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's something that doesn't have this negative stigma anymore. 76% of the American workforce reports at least one symptom of a mental health condition on a daily basis. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, And you took the time to think to yourself what that one word is in your life right now. I want to thank you for doing that. You either realized, you either came into the present and realized, I'm actually excited and positive in life. This energy is contagious. This is amazing. Or you might have come into the present and realized, oh, maybe there is an underlying feeling of fear or an anxiety. Maybe this is the first time in a really long time that you've taken the the pause to actually acknowledge that Mm. this knowledge, acknowledging your humanity, then creates the space for you to connect authentically with others. Because what we teach is that the power of presence you create for yourself is an invitation to help people on your team or your customers feel that power of presence themselves. So on your next team call, in your next one-on-one with a direct report, the next time you get on the phone with a customer or prospect, start off the call by asking this one simple question, what's one word that honestly describes how you feel right now in the moment? It will be a rarity in their day. It will help you win that deal, win that recruiting talent, win that employee from... Quietly quitting, and it will be a tremendous, tremendous moment of human connection.
0: So, how do you get to the point where you've earned the trust level to ask that question? Assuming these aren't people that we're meeting for the first time in a sales presentation or a pitch for work, how do we get to that point that we can build that trust with them to really ask that question?
1: First, you have to do the work on yourself and show up into whatever conversation you're trying to show up in. As an authentic version of you. If you are living a life with a tremendous amount of skeletons in your closet or regret or anxiety or guilt or shame, you're gonna show up. And if you ask this question to someone else, it's gonna come across inauthentic. Yeah. yeah. But if you invest in yourself and you take care of your own social, emotional, physical, mental well being, When you show up and ask this question to your team, your prospects, your customers, they will actually take the time to pause and reflect because they know it's coming from a genuine and authentic place. Now, there's a few different things that we teach in order to help you help them feel more comfortable. We Mm -hmm. teach the tactics of what's called inquisitive empathy. Okay, so tell me about that.
0: Inquisitive empathy.
1: Inquisitive empathy. So we love the power of conversations. We built a business helping companies and their internal and external stakeholders connect in the most meaningful ways humanly possible. And what we invented is something we call inquisitive empathy. If you're in conversation with someone, whether you've known them for zero minutes or a thousand years, You can use these three things to help them feel a sense of psychological safety and trust in this conversation. Number
0: one- Tell me, I want to
1: hear about this. Yeah, number (laughs) one, mirror what they've just said. There's no better way. So mirroring is number one. Labeling their emotions is number two. Asking what or how questions is number three. Okay. Let me break that down. Yeah, go, go for it. So mirroring- is the idea of letting whoever you're in conversation with know that you're listening. Now, how you do that is quite simply by doing a combination of three things. Either A, repeat the last three words of whatever they just said. B, repeat any three words of whatever they just said. And C, repeat one word of what they just said. Let me give you an example. Okay, sure. Let's say say Scott just said, the sky is blue, the trees are green, I have air conditioning on, and I woke up early this morning. You woke up early this morning? Scott would likely volunteer more information. Oh, yeah, I'd drive my kid to soccer practice and blah, 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 blah. And it would tell you something about their life. Part B is to repeat any of the three words. So let's say Scott says, I've got a microphone, and I love my wife, and I love my kids, and the the trees are green, and the sky is blue. You love your kids? So you picked out some random three words, and he just repeated them. And Scott feels, oh my God, he knows. He listened. He knows that I love my kids. This is great. And the third tactic is just to repeat one word. The sky is blue. The trees are green. I love my wife and kids. I regret going to baseball practice yesterday. I can't wait to go to scuba diving class tomorrow. I love red cars. Regret? Yeah, Chris. I regret taking out the trash last night instead of this morning. I usually wait, but I walked outside and I stubbed my toe. Stubbed your toe? Yeah. Now I can't go to soccer practice and I, I have to place it. anyways. So that's mirroring and studies have been done on groups of waiters. One group of waiters practices mirroring right? really? the other group of waiters practices, positive reinforcement. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you look at the waiter and you say, I'd like the hamburger and fries. And they say, great choice. Love that for you. Oh, I love the beer. Great. Woohoo. Positive reinforcement. Cool. Great. The other group of waiters just practiced mirroring. I'll have the burger with French fries and a beer. Burger, French fries, beer. They just write down your order and they repeat the order back to you. Well, studies across thousands of waiters showed the waiters that quite simply just mirrored <laughs> made 70% more tips on average.
0: That's interesting.
1: This shit works. Yeah. So the second tactic I was talking about is, is labeling, right? This is very simple. You've got something, you got someone who's sharing a a conversation. All you do is say, sounds like, seems like, looks like, and you try to label the emotion that's really happening. Let's say, Scott, I ask you about soccer practice Mm -hmm. and you say, you know, I, I hate soccer, but my kids love soccer and I get to drive them to soccer practice every day after work. And I cut off work early to go to soccer practice. And I sit on the sidelines and I watch them just practice. I say, it sounds like you love your kids. Or I say, it seems like you love witnessing educational moments. It's it seems. Yeah. It seems like you appreciate the power of sacrifice. Practice. Seems, let me press pause
0: here a second. I've actually done this when I've talked with candidates, and whenever I recruit people, I never pitch the job first. I want to find out what's important to them, what's keeping them from being completely satisfied, and what is important to them in terms of their ideal situation. But I remember I did this with someone. He was telling me about the leadership challenges, about what he wants. And I mentioned something like, it seems like you live by your core values. And I instantly got so much deeper in that relationship yeah. because I was able to pinpoint, what is it that he's not telling me? But I'm intuiting as I'm talking with him, it sounds like you live by a set of core values that are important to you. Absolutely. And we just took that relationship to a much deeper level pretty quickly. It's quite,
1: it's quite simple.
0: You know, what's interesting is... In some seminars I've done in the past with people in the recruiting industry, I would tell them, I would ask them this question, have you ever ever sat on a flight with someone? Maybe it's a 60-minute flight, you chat it up, and by the time the flight lands, you feel closer to that person than people that you went to school with, maybe even some of your own family members. And everybody's yeah. had that experience or you meet somebody at a conference like that. It's just a short compressed period of time. And I say, you're building relationships with people. You're following the same steps, but in a compressed period of time. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've said, this kind of helps us move that ball forward. Pretty so,
1: so if you practice mirroring, And then if you practice labeling, like what Scott said, seems like, sounds like, looks like, and then the third strategy is to to practice asking what or how questions. That's it. Eliminate why from your vocabulary. Why is sometimes too accusatory.
0: So so let me ask you, what have you seen from the work you do with companies and organizations? What are some examples of how people use the asking what or
1: how questions? Oh, in, in the workplace, what are how questions? Mm-hmm. What, have you, um, what have you seen usually works? Chris, I don't want to do this deal with you anymore. I ran it by the team and they don't want to move forward. Instead of saying, why? Like, why don't you want to do the deal? You're probably not going to get very far. What you can ask is, what did the team say as feedback? So now that person is forced to say what their superior said and not necessarily what they said. And that's a lot less vulnerable. Or you could say, what could we do to move this deal along? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, Chris, if you were three inches taller, we'd want to buy from you. (laughs) And you say, you know, how can we get around my height? How can we make up for my lack of height elsewhere?
0: Got it. Okay.
1: Just different kinds of things, you know. Those are silly examples, but if you do those three things, so they're the tactics of inquisitive empathy, and we call it the empathy express. You mentioned a flight, like an hour long flight, yep. as as an example. I say a four minute subway ride. Now, get oh, this: yeah. I live in New York City. We got dozens of different lines. There's one line in particular. That a ton of commuters that come into Grand Central and then get onto the subway to get down to the financial district. The six Express, the four-five-six, four, exactly. Five, six. Yeah, yeah. So we call it actually the six runs local. The four-five is That's express. Right. So we call it the Empathy <laughs> Express. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. And we say guaranteed. We say if you get on that that subway train and you set a four-minute timer. Four. We even have a graphic talking about the Empathy Express. That's the green. You know, the four, five, six is the green subway line. Mm-hmm. It actually is a four, and it's the Empathy Express. And we have it mid journey. The AI created a a version where it's the four, and it's people talking in the train, and everything is green to represent the Empathy Express. We guarantee all you listeners. I guarantee this. If you go to someone. And you ask them to tell you three brief sentences about their day, and then you set a four-minute timer, and you just mirror, label, and ask them what or how questions, I guarantee you it'll be the greatest moment of meaningful human connection they've ever had. And you will get more out of them in that four minutes than anybody's ever gotten out of them through 20 years of a relationship, my record, get this, Scott, my record to making someone cry because I authentically see them is 16 seconds. Wow. Wow. And I like the fact. 16 seconds.
0: That you're really sincere about wanting to meet people. Yeah. It doesn't seem contrived. It's not
1: about you. It's not about them getting to know you. It's about you getting to know them. And oh, by the way, the definition of empathy means to step into the shoes of another person, understand what their feelings and perspectives are, and then use that knowledge to guide your action. I'm not just talking about having conversation for the sake of conversation. I'm talking about How do you understand the feeling? How do you use these tactics to understand the feelings and perspectives of who you lead, who you're trying to sell to, who you're trying to retain, who you're trying to place? And then tactically use that knowledge to guide your action, to guide your next sales presentation, to guide your next product development, to guide your next leadership you know, task that you might give, this isn't like empty, airy stuff. This is tapping into the emotional motivators of the people you serve and then using that as your advantage. You know, Harvard Business Review came out with a study they called the New Science of Customer Emotions. And they've proved that when you tap into the emotional motivators of your customers, their desire to feel belong, their desire to feel a sense of thrill, their desire to succeed, their desire to blah, blah, blah. When you tap into that, you will increase upsell cross-sell revenue referrals. Google found in their promotion to emotion study that when you bring emotion into a B2B relationship using these strategies, a customer is five times more likely to consider purchasing. 13 times more likely to purchase and 30 times more likely to pay a premium. Wow. You can use the Empathy Express, these four-minute tactics to do just that, to leverage emotional connections with your customers, to listen to your internal teams and to practice on yourself.
0: And I like the fact that this is real substance that you bring. It's not just theory but this is your business, and oh, it's, I wanted. To, it's, I wanted to it's
1: all it's all backed by science.
0: Yeah, and so let me let me kind of as we bring this to a close here, Chris. If you could summarize three action steps people can take to really get started implementing some of these ideas, what would those three steps be?
1: On every one of your next team calls, individual direct report one on ones, whatever you've got, ask them for six minutes at the start of the call or three minutes at the start of the call. What's one word that honestly describes how you feel right now in the moment? Turn on the brain to actively listen, open up the heart for empathy and connection, and ask them what or how questions. Use our inquisitive empathy technique. Number two, go out and give gratitude to your customers. I mean, look through your Rolodex right now and pick out a hundred of them to say, Scott, you know, I've never thought to thank you for this one thing that you did for us five years ago, but I must give you gratitude and acknowledge the tremendous benefits we've received from it. By the way, Scott, what language of appreciation do you like receiving gratitude in? Because folks, at the end of the day, not all gratitude given is gratitude heard. Gratitude given in whatever language is most convenient for you to give can come across selfish, convenient, or lazy. Don't just send a mug with your logo on it. Don't just send an Amazon gift card. Don't just send a Starbucks gift card, whatever. Listen to how your customers like receiving empathy. Do they want your quality time? Do they want an act of service? Do they want your words of affirmation and delivered in that way? It'll come across authentic and sincere.
0: I think that'll be our next topic when we have you back on the show in a few months. More, I want to go down that rabbit hole and learn.
1: I some mean, things from you in that regard. Scott, we wrote a <laughs> three hundred page book on the science and psychology of gratitude. Our number one Wall Street Journal best selling book called "Gratitude Through Hard Times" is all about the science and psychology That's of cool. gratitude, and as it relates to the workplace, your own life, your customer relationships. Anyways, the final thing that I'll say in closing is. Go out and create community, y'all. We live in one of the loneliest periods of time in human history. 50% of the American workforce reports being lonely on a consistent basis. We are suffering from a crisis of disconnection within the workplace. And you, as law firm owners, professional service providers, B2B rainmakers, have the opportunity to open up your Rolodex and think, who are the 16 people I need to invite to dinner six weeks from now to give them an authentic feeling of connection? Not only will it feel good for you to be that conduit and connector, it will feel good. They will feel less alone and they'll come to you, put their arms around you and say, let's do a ton of business together, pal. I understand where your heart's at now.
0: Well, Chris, I really appreciate you being on the show. We're going to put links. I'll put the link to your book on the show notes, also your bio and your websites. Tell us a little bit about your offerings, the things that your company does that you'd like our listeners to know about.
1: Long story short, you felt a little bit of my why today. My why is helping people create meaningful moments of human connection. What you didn't hear was my backstory. My brief backstory is that one day when everything looked great on paper in my life, I woke up and realized it didn't feel good in the heart. Just because you got everything you'd ever wanted in your career, you could still feel lonely, fulfilled, disconnected, insecure. I know a lot of you feel that way right now. And in that dark period, I realized that what could save my life was creating intentional spaces for people to gather. We started around the dinner table. We've used the principles of gratitude, empathy, and human connection to spark over 500,000 relationships in the workplace. And now we are one of the most premier providers in the world providing intimate team-building experiences or client engagement experiences. If you're listening to this episode and saying, my team needs to connect in a meaningful way, call us. Virtual or in-person, we have a 99.8% success rate guaranteeing a positive emotional transformation amongst your team. If you're looking and saying, you know what? i got a bunch of customers in 10 different markets across the country. Let's go on a roadshow and produce a bunch of client engagement dinners, helping your customers connect in the most meaningful way. We've driven tens of millions in net new revenue for companies helping connect to their customers around the dinner table in intimate ways.
0: That's great, Chris. We're going to put the links for that information on the show notes also. And I want to thank you very much for being here on the show It's probably one of the more interesting shows I've had because we got pretty deep. I didn't cry. I didn't. But maybe next time. Oh, I didn't. I didn't.
1: I didn't practice my empathy. (laughs) I didn't technically practice my empathy (laughs) express with you. That'll be for the next show. That
0: that sounds great. I, I do want to have you back. Thank you again, Chris. I know that everybody's gotten a lot of great ideas with a lot of usefulness and sincerity to them. So thank you again for being here today.
1: Great job. My pleasure, Scott. Thank you. Thank you
0: for listening to The Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit
1: therainmakingpodcast.com.